the communion meditation is in John. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and I'll start at verse 1, and I'll read through verse 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, we ask you to hear uh, uh, this word, that we would apply it into our minds, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and uh, educate us into what Jesus was saying and uh, just what he meant when he answered Thomas. We thank you for your, uh, the wisdom of your word, and we pray, Lord, that you would apply it to our hearts and minds. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so this is the third message in a series called Final Admonitions, and it is just this unique portion of the Bible that we have where Jesus speaks to his apostles, and none of the other uh, Gospels record it. So we've covered all of chapter 13 in really two messages, humble service and loving sacrifice, and so that's what Jesus wanted to emphasize this last night with these uh, disciples, that they are to serve one another and others, and that they are to sacrifice of themselves. And so what, in these six verses then, does Jesus model for his disciples and for us today? Now it's beautiful, this portion of text is beautiful. And uh, I'll walk through this. I don't always, because sometimes the text is longer, but this is fairly short. And so I'll start and reread verse 1 again. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So were they troubled? And why were they troubled? Uh, they were, and I think probably the main reason that they were troubled was that Jesus himself was troubled. And so a leader tends to convey that to his followers, his disciples. And uh, leaders really must be cautious when leading because they don't want to convey pessimism to their uh, followers. You, it's really hard to have someone follow you when you're uh, pessimistic about the outcome of what you're, it is you're going to do. And yet he had expressed this troubling of his heart just a few hours before. And so he now, though, a leader also, though, has to share the truth with his followers. And so he had done just that. Uh, a leader has to balance what's being shared with what shouldn't be shared. And yet also, though, if what is shared tends to bring them down, the leader has the responsibility to bring them back up. And that's what he's doing now. Remember earlier in the evening, they'd been uh, arguing with one another about who was better than one another. Who is more worthy? Who does Jesus love the best? And he had rebuked them for it. And then he went on to tell them that one of them was going to betray him. 
And all of this troubled them. All are true, but Jesus now directs them in a way to bring them and lift them up. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. Uh, so, he is having them to look, cast their vision beyond what they now see, off into the distant future. In my Father's house are many mansions. He'd already told them he is going to soon be uh, departing from them. And uh, yet now he's telling them that where I go is beautiful. And why I'm going is to prepare a place for you to live with me in that beautiful place. See, Jesus is troubled in spirit, but he's comforting them. And what incredible comfort that must have been to be reminded that they will be with him where he goes. And so see, it's not just about the mansions. In verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We can get hung up on stuff, and we know this, God knows this, and yet we ought not be hung up on stuff. So even though Christ mentions mansions, he goes on to emphasize the fact that where I am, I will bring you you will be with me again. So the greater beauty, the greater comfort and love that's here is the fact that they'll be with him. Not that they'll be in mansions, but they'll be with him. And in all honesty, when you drive around Omaha, you might see these beautiful homes. And when we went over to Council Bluffs, there are beautiful homes in Council Bluffs too. And I think we're tempted to believe just through seeing these things that these beautiful homes typify beauty, joy, happiness. And I would argue that it's probably more likely that the opposite is the case. Wealthy people tend to be very dissatisfied people. They aren't people that are filled with joy, filled with peace. There was this happiness index, and I mentioned it before. African, poverty-stricken Africans are on a happiness index, happier than people in this country. How can that be? How can that be? You're happier than us living in our big, comfortable homes when you're living in a dung hut in Africa. But they are. That's just the simple truth. So being happy is not about having stuff. It's about being with those whom you love, being with those who appreciate you, who accept you. And then we come to verses 4 and 5. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas, in frustration, says, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? So Thomas begs to differ with the Lord. The Lord said, where I am going, you know, and you know the way. And Thomas says, no, 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 we do not know this. And so you can appreciate Thomas's candor here because Jesus is always speaking in parables. He's always beating around the bush. Uh, those people that have those personality types that don't like that must have really not liked being Jesus' disciple because they just want to have it told squarely what it is, what it isn't, 
What am I to do? What am I not to do? Reminds me of Matt Bennett. Those of you who knew Matt. He hated uh, us beating around the bush sometimes, hemming and hawing with answers to questions. But that's what Jesus would do too. And so we were modeling a good, a good uh, following after a good model here. But some people are just frustrated by that. They want everything as black and white as it possibly can be made to be. So now, where is Jesus going? And why is it that they should know? So see, Jesus wasn't speaking so much of a place, right? That is probably all that's in Thomas's mind. But what's in Christ's mind is, I am going to the Father. I am returning to the Father. And then, what is also more puzzling when Thomas said, we don't know the way, Jesus said, you know the way. And then, of course, he goes on to give that answer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's going to the Father. These are all going to come. They're all going to be there too. And yet you only get there through me. You only get there through Christ. So see, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, everybody else has their own way that they stress is the way to get to know God, the way to enter into God's presence. I was telling my wife about someone that I know that went out to California recently. Uh, they support this yogi out there. And so once a year, typically, they go out for a week out to this yogi out in Northern California. And they seek this, this wonderful uh, presence of being with this uh, mystic. That isn't how we experience God. Not through this mysticism, not through this, this uh, seeking nothingness to be happy on this earth. We seek it through Christ. We seek it through his word. God's word is very tangible. It leads us to him. So now Jesus is the way, the only way to truth and life. Now Jesus himself defined it. What is it that truth will do? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And what is life? Life is precious. Life is what God has given us. What is life? Life is not just that we exist. Life is that we have it more abundantly, right? You have life and you have it more abundantly. God is the source of life. He's the source of joy, the source of happiness. So that is what Christ offers us, and he is the only way to truth and life, the only way to freedom, the only way to ultimate happiness in life, fulfillment in life. Now, may all of our hearts, in echoing what Christ wanted, may all of our hearts not be troubled. We have many reasons to be troubled in this world. Yet, when we look at where we're going, when we look at who we'll be with there, there is no reason that our hearts be troubled. Our hearts are resting in the knowledge that God loves us, God wants what is good for us. So now may we confidently point others to the way, the truth, and the life that Christ represents to us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the simple truth of your word. Uh, we people 
look for many, many ways to get to happiness, and yet you have shown that the way to happiness is to be with the Father, to experience life, to experience freedom, and only there will we know true comfort and joy and happiness. We thank you, Father, that this table reminds us of this and that we enter into your presence uh, with fullness of joy, giving you thanks for all that you've done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.